You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. In the long line of interviews where we talk to people much smarter than us. That's easy. Welcome, Somi Ariane, to the show, everybody. There we go. She is. You ready for this, Chad? Yes. She is a tech philosopher, filmmaker, author, entrepreneur, speaker, and a, quote, transition architect. And she's the author of a new book entitled Career Fear and How to Beat It. Get the perspective, mindset, and skills you need to future-proof your work life. That's a mouthful. Somi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What did I miss in the bio? What else should we know about you before getting into the q and I guess the main thing that uh, I'm working on these days that maybe the people haven't got the memo yet uh, because it's only three or four months is I have a think tank for women in business and technology that's been uh, taking all of my time, you know, that's started as a side hustle, but it's becoming my main hustle now. So that's probably the main thing, the think tank for women in business and technology. So, so talk about that. Our listeners might not know. Yeah. So the, I use the term think tank quite loosely. This is a big platform that I'm building um, where women uh, will be able to find new uh, opportunities. Uh, and the main, the main kind of thrust of it is the fact that there is the the fact that women have been held back in business and technology for for many years uh, and when you look at you go back to the past few hundred years you know since the start of the uh, industrial revolution when we've actually had um, entrepreneurial uh, endeavors you women have been in in the shadows uh, and the same thing is in uh, you know science and in stem field so the whole point of this is to bring women back into or bring them into not back but bring them into maybe even for the first time into these fields and trying to get women to think about or young girls especially and you know, think about uh, changing that mindset of, uh, you know, girls play with dolls and, and boys, uh, you know, are engineers and changing that mindset and getting girls to actually think about building businesses and, and learning how to use technology. And the bottom line is I want to change this uh, scenario where you look at the top 10% or top 
you know, even 1% of uh, people who are in business and technology, the leaders, they're all men. You know, you look at the top, top 10 companies yes. that run the world, right? Top 10 companies run the world, five in the US, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. And mm-hmm. then in China, we have Xiaomi, Huawei, Alibaba, Baidu, and Tencent, all run by men. There's not one woman in that picture. I want to change that. So today, you're founder, managing director at Smart Cookie. Um, you're an opinion columnist at CEO World Magazine, obviously author of this new book. But before that, you were a visa officer in the Netherlands. Or, or, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> in the Netherlands Embassy. Yeah, yeah the, the <laughs> Netherlands Embassy. You're a program officer for the International Organization for Migration and a program officer for the UN. Yeah. So what what brought you to talking about careers, robots, millennials, marketing? What actually brought you here? Why, why do this? Well, you know, I have a very diverse background. I suppose my biggest passion in life is philosophy. You know, the thing that, that interests me more than anything else is uh-huh. understanding life, understanding what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What is this all going? Where is this all going? And what's this all about? And um, since I was a child, I was always asking that. And, I, and uh, I was terrible at math and I wasn't very good at, I wasn't generally a good student. Um, and they told me that I wouldn't amount to anything. And, and my father said, so, so what are you going to do? And I said uh, that I want to get paid to think, you know, like I want to, I want to make a living to, to think. And my dad said, like, that's like, nobody gets paid to think. And I was like, yeah, there are philosophers like, you know, Aristotle and, and, and uh, Nietzsche. And he was like, well, first of all, uh, you know, uh, nobody will pay you to think. And secondly, those were men and women can't become philosophers. And, uh, you know, like Nietzsche didn't exactly have the best of, uh, you know, best of uh, uh, endings. And I was like, no, I'm going to become a philosopher. It sounds like to me, and, and I have I have two daughters and Joel has a daughter. It sounds like you actually put your foot down and said to the world, fuck you, I'm going to be who I want to be. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, there is a there is a po- Persian poem. I'm, I'm actually going to get it calligraphed and, and put it on my, because I come from a very traditional, you know, my parents had no money growing up and they made, they forced me to marry my first cousin, which is quite common in Iran, you know, when I was 17. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And, and you know, went through, a, a, it, it caused a whole breakdown of family uh, relationships. And, and um, I was like, I don't care that it's going to break all the family relationships. So everybody thinks that, you know, I'm quite selfish. But I was like, you know, no, it's my life and I'm not going to let that happen. And there's awesome. this Persian poem that says, basically says like, I'm not the one that would let the world fuck with me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, like, and if the world fucks with me, I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> you can, you, you can uh, beep that. If, if that was- Amen. <laughs> well, well, that let's go ahead and parlay that into the, into the next topic topic. The world is <laughs> fucking with us. It's called COVID. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, in, in many companies are focusing on, or at least they're talking about safety per se, and they're bringing yeah. in more robots. I mean, we see Microsoft robots for uh, the replacing news producers, Tyson robots are replacing butchers, gas, uh, the gap robots and Walmart and 
Amazon for warehousing. I mean, the list mm-hmm. goes on. So, I mean, this to me, and, and we were talking before before the interview, this seems like a, a fairly simple math equation. Humans mm-hmm. should be talking about universal basic income, not about their next job. Can, can, you, can you give us some insights on what you found? Well, I actually, I wrote a, an article. It's on my LinkedIn. I hope that your um, listeners will check it out. It's four and a half thousand words, so prepare for it. It's going to take a while to read. And it took me a week to write it. And it's been probably my most engaged article to date on LinkedIn. And, and, and it's, it's called uh, COVID-19 and the Future of Business, Economy and Democracy. COVID-19, um, whether, you know, however it came upon us, COVID-19 is, uh, it has accelerated that trend. It's definitely uh, making it easier. I guess it's making it more acceptable for people, for people to accept the adoption of sure. um, of, yeah. of robots, right? right? And so when I wrote my book, I talked about all of these things in it. And my book, I finished it at the end of uh, 2019. And then it was going to go to publication. Uh, it was supposed to come out in, in July, which it did come out um, a little bit, like I think about two, three weeks later than it was supposed to because of COVID. But essentially, what I'm, my point is that when I was writing that, COVID hadn't happened. I was predicting a five to 15 year transition. All I can say is that instead of five to 15, now think about one to five years. Yeah. Summarize the book for us real quick. Uh, Career Fair and How to Beat It. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're describing the book to someone in our listeners, what would it be about? So at the, the bottom line is, um, it all comes down to my philosophy of transition architecture. You know, the, what, what transition architecture is about is understanding that we should not think about necessarily transformation, like digital transformation. We need to think about constant transition. The, the bottom line is, if you go with the uh, idea of singularity, you know, the, basically they're saying, and people like Ray Kurzweil, that in the next 20, 25 years, we're going to come to a point where AI um, is going to uh, supersede human uh, level intelligence, and, and there will be pretty much nothing to do for 90% of society. Well, that's already happening. You know, I, I don't see, uh, it, like anybody who says that's not true, I, it's just simple math. Uh, uh, computers are uh, becoming smarter in an accelerated fashion, you know, it, it, it almost exponentially. Humans aren't. We have a skull and we, we, our brain is limited to what we have in that skull. And it's like, it's not going to expand any further. We're not going to be able to learn any faster. We're not going to be able to, to compress data any faster. You know, even if you, you were connected, you know, like companies like Neuralink, right? They're, they're now creating Elon Musk's Neuralink. You know, even if there was a way that I could connect myself to, say, my phone directly so that I could have access to all the information in Wikipedia, it doesn't necessarily mean that I would be able to process that information with the same speed right so so if i can't so what what is data processing you know what what is understanding what is knowledge you know it's, it's essentially being able to compress that data that you take from the world and, and you know to be able to summarize it and and understand it right so if we can't speed up that up any more than what it is now. Maybe to some degree, you know, you can improve your nutrition or whatever, but but we can't really process it uh, any faster. And there is the possibility of brain-machine interface, but we don't yet know how that could work and whether it would be accessible to everybody. So it's math. uh, Machines are superseding in every way. How much do you understand 
the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. We both have children. Chad's are a little bit older than mine. I have, I have as young as a three-year-old. Oh. What skills should they be learning to sort of survive in this future? And you talk about like how quickly change is going to happen. Summary, would you get in terms of, you know, how fast is change happening? What skills will be in demand and what, what should essentially younger people, people for sure be prepared for and, and doing the work? Because I'm guessing that schools are, are ill prepared oh, yeah. with the changes that are happening and how fast they're, they're happening. Basically, you must have a technical skill or several technical skills, preferably. So I talk about this quite a lot in the book in the sense that you need to be multi, um, multi-skilled. multi That's very important. You know, you think about, like, um, I, I used to be in a, in a death metal band, you know. Like, I know that that's not exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but it has had an impact. You know, it's definitely had an impact. Uh, I used to be in a band. I, uh, you know, did a lot of fitness modeling when I was younger, uh, I have a background in politics and philosophy, you know, filmmaking, you know, now I'm teaching myself Python. So, so it's like constantly learning. So you need to have technical skills. You've got to have that. But in addition to that, you need to have four human skills. And that's what there are four chapters in the book that are about that. And those four human skills are emotional intelligence, contextual creativity, critical thinking, and mindfulness. And when I talk about mindfulness, I'm not talking about sitting there um, 20 minutes a day uh, and, and meditating. I'm talking about full participation with the world, with, with what's happening. Like, for example, since um, exactly since the beginning of last year, October, I haven't even watched a single Netflix series or film or movie or nothing. Because I think that when you spend a lot of time watching, you know, doing entertainment stuff, because you need to be in full participation. Instead, on Saturdays, all of my day, like I wake up in the morning, sometimes, you know, I sit there with my pajama and this is my, like, absolutely my relaxation to to practice coding and math, you know, <laughs> like, like seriously, like, like, so you don't Netflix and chill. You don't Netflix and chill. You math and chill. Algebra. Yeah. Uh, algebra and, and, and math and you know, sorry, algebra and chill. Yeah. Or Python and chill. Um, yeah. I, 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 why am I doing that? Not, I don't want to become a coder. I don't need to do that. I'm teaching myself that because I'm hiring people who are going to need to have those skills. It's kind of like uh, if you want to be um, a producer, use a director it's so much better if you can also film and edit not because you need to do it but because you know how to to speak to your to a crew to your editors so it's really i think important that people learn lots of different technical skills uh, you know and, and get really good at a few things and have a intermediate understanding of a few others and some basic understanding of some of the others and and in addition to that have those four uh, skills for, so for the bulk of the for the bulk of the human population we're mostly all stupid okay we're not doing algebra on the couch <laughs> we're watching Netflix I guess the, the question is how do we start to provide premium types of content that that push 
our, our our brains in that direction because instead of watching all of this uh, reality TV bullshit that's out there, mm-hmm. there are a ton of great uh, documentaries or, or what have you to actually watch and consume. How do you do that? And 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 how do you do that as again as a two things, not just as a parent but also as a boss. Mm-hmm. The, the millennial disruption that you talk about is definitely. I think it's here. I don't know that it's coming. I think that it's here. How do you how do you as a mentor as a boss try to help those individuals steer toward that? versus mm-hmm. you know reality tv i think you do it by leading you lead by example you know like i have a team um and we are like they they are they, like you i think i wish i think they would be better people to talk to to, to tell you how i do it with them I, I push them i really push them you know this there's no easy moment there's no day that's like yesterday in our office you know in our mm-hmm. team and some of them work from here some of them work uh remotely but no two days are the same and it's it's a constant battle of uh, you know them pushing themselves and and i and i uh, everybody has read the book and you know i give them examples of like when things go wrong and i'm like this is an example of critical thinking that I was talking to you about. This is your lack of critical thinking or this is your lack of contextual creativity. This is what I want from you. You need to just think. I want you to bring something new to the table, something unique, something that's not canned, that I can't get from AI. And I show them examples of like how a lot of the stuff that they're now doing could be very easily, uh, you know, it's just that somebody hasn't yet created an application for it, but they can all be automated, you know, mm-hmm. like 80% of it. So, so you, you do it by leading by example. If, if, I, if I sit here and watch Netflix and, you know, like come, uh, they come in and we talk about some reality show last night. No, there's no conversation of that. How do you shut that down, though, Somi? I mean, how do you shut that down? It's like, no, we're not talking about that stupid shit. That that's dumb. You stop talking about that. I mean, how do you shut that down? Do you just kind of like, do you pivot? Do you pivot into something more intelligent? I think, I think that, like, I, I don't. I guess I, I'm quite a dominant character, you know. So if I'm in the room, you know, if I'm in the room, nobody dares talk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, I, I come from Iran, right? Dictatorship. No, I'm joking. Did, I'm joking. Did, is there a dunce hat they have to put on? I mean, it's 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 almost like this public shaming that you know, when you're around. So many, no, no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, about. no, no. Seriously, like, no, no. Everybody, look. <laughs> we have we have written our uh, our values on is on the wall, and uh-huh. you know uh, our values are speed, right? Number one is speed, uh, and. Uh, honesty and curiosity if you don't have these things you don't work for my company we need to we need to develop curiosity in ourselves uh-huh. and we need to help our young and you know I'm like the girls who work with me you know they, they're like my children I try to instigate that sense of uh, curiosity in them and and if we are say with a client and if, and somebody looks at their phone or something and they're not fully engaged like th- that person is probably not going to last long. I need full engagement. I don't take anything less than that because we are like, that's what the company is called smart cookie media. Because I, 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 we only hire smart cookies. <laughs> okay. We get it. You're a tiger. Mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about recruiting on the show. It's sort of the main theme of what we do and, and recruiting and automation and AI, it's sort of a scary environment, right? Cause it's, it's yes. two sided. Not only are, they're going to be less recruiters, theoretically, because a lot of things like scheduling interviews, sourcing candidates, 
a lot of that's going to be uh, AI and, and smart technology. And on the other side, there are fewer people to recruit. So you're almost yes. getting a double whammy. And I'm curious, you you say in one of the videos that I watched about you, you talk about outsourcing our brain. Um, yes. And the equivalent of that you talk about is, you know, we, when we cooked our food, we outsourced mm-hmm. our digestion. I want you to talk yes. about outsourcing your brain and how recruiters and professionals in general will have to be innate, will have to be able to live in this world and what that world looks like. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as humans, we have three main capacities. Those are physical, emotional, so physical, cognitive and emotional in that in that order I put it. So the first thing that we did, um, you know, that's what really put us on the top of the food chain historically, uh, was that we outsourced a lot of our physical physical tasks, right? So, so a lot of our physical um, capacities. When we outsource something, it enables us to increase our capacity. We can do more of that. So it, so it, it outsources and it enhances, right? Um, and we did that with our physical abilities. And the Industrial Revolution, the first Industrial Revolution was the biggest, the most um, prominent example of that, where we were able to uh, produce a lot more stuff. And um, we were able to have uh, for the first time, mechanization in factories. Um, and uh, then the next thing is that we are outsourcing or we have outsourced since the, the uh, start of the digital uh, revolution. And actually, I would say uh, since, this, since the beginning of the time when we uh, created uh, the first computers. So we started to outsource our brain right so so our cognitive abilities yep. so the, when you use a calculator you're outsourcing your um you know your brain your your cognitive abilities so the next thing the last thing the only other thing that's left for us is our emotional uh, capabilities and once that is also outsourced, because we are already doing that, you know, where there are people that are maybe talking uh, or, or using, um, interacting with their machines more than they are interacting with, with humans. And this will be increasing over time. So increasingly, uh, actually, uh, I mentioned Ray Kurzweil in the beginning. Ray Kurzweil um, wrote a book in the 1990s. Uh, it was called Age of the Spiritual Machine. And in it, he says that eventually we will be in a position where a majority of communication on Earth is happening between com- between computers, between machines, like two machines, and then it will be between human and machines, and the least amount of communication will be between human and human. So, uh, there, so that's like we are increasingly outsourcing. Uh, all of these things, like if, I gave the example of if you're using your, if you're, um, you know, cooking food, you're outsourcing your digestion to fire. So um, likewise, um, when we use these technologies that we are surrounded by, we are outsourcing. So recruiting, when it comes to recruiting, there's going to be two kinds of roles that we're going to be recruiting for. There are roles that are going to be replaced you know, pretty soon. So like, so, so there's that this interim, you know, we talk about this transition, um, you know, period. So there, there will be, we will reach a level of plateau. We will be, we will get to a point where it will be quite clear what tasks uh, we need humans for and what tasks we are going to need, uh, we, we, you know, that we can, we can outsource to machines. Very soon in the next, I would say, five years or so, we will wow. get to a plateau level. Um, and, and I think we will be left with about 
ten percent uh, of uh, yeah roughly about ten percent of tasks that we are going to need humans for, and those are so, going to be so complex that you, you really don't want to be really using machines. You know, I think uh, that's the level where you do want to you know, find the right people for those because those people need to have those four human skills. You know, then uh, to give you an example. Even when you come, when it comes to things like creativity, you know, like in the past, you used to be able to hire, you would think like designers, right? You would bring in somebody and say, you know, I want you mm-hmm. to design something for me. And, and uh, you, you know, you marveled in their creativity. But actually now, all of that can be generated by AI. And in many ways, it can be done. It can be done more interestingly, more, more, much better because the AI can pull from so many different sources, whereas one human is bringing from only one human's uh, intuition and sources. So, for example, we used to think of music as a creative task, but actually, mm-hmm. you know, there, I, in the book, I talk about contextual creativity uh, as opposed to normal creativity. So normal creativity is like, you know, or artistic creativity or narrow creativity it's like things like music and design and, and painting and things like that. All of those can be done by machines. And there are already um, examples where, you know, for example, the machine has created music that sounds better than, you know, Bach. And, and Bach uh, lovers have thought that was Bach, you know. So, so, there's, uh, so, so increasingly those tasks are going to go. So the kind of creativity that I'm talking about, um, let's think about, I always give this example of iPod, you know, when... Um, Steve Jobs came up with the idea of iPod. That's contextual creativity. And that's the kind of people that we need, you know, like like mm-hmm. the, the creme de la creme, you know, the, the top 10% of engineers and, and you know, people who are going to be really present and, and engaged in their work. And, uh, and then there's a top 1% of, you know, people who are like the the driving force and, and the thinkers. I think over the next five years, uh, we are going to see that, yes, we will be using uh, algorithms to choose uh, people, you know, but those, but most of those jobs that algorithms, we can use algorithms to choose, they are going to be jobs that have a shelf life of about five years. I want to push back for a second. Did- do you really think a machine can make, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody or Smells Like Teen Spirit or the Mona Lisa? But that's where you go into contextual creativity because that's okay. like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is like about understanding the feeling of, you know, that like the, the um, really absorbing. When I talk about context, contextual re- uh, creativity, it's like you need to absorb the feeling essence of the society at gotcha. that time right and you but but when uh, you i think like something like bach is a lot more mathematical to be honest i mean and remember bohemian rhapsody has got a band right it's a lot more complex complex it's not one person's music you know it's a, it's a okay. band that have put it together so maybe it, it's conceivable that you could have a group of or you know you could have ai developed in a way that does if if ai could break down the role of each of those people you may be surprised by how good something could come out of it and it may not be bohemian rhapsody but it may sound very pleasant to the ear and and ultimately you know i think you can break it down to um, it, it's a it's a mathematics of colors it's a mathematics of of music and tone 
One of our biggest uh, clients is Steinway Pianos. Um, and Steinway is like the Rolls-Royce of pianos. I've been working with them for the past four or five years. And I actually yeah. just filmed a an entrepreneur in Germany who is an amazing musician, but he chose to go into IT because he thought that he would never make enough money from if he went into music. So he went into <laughs> IT and I interviewed him for my podcast. And actually he said that it's absolutely, uh, you know, perceivable that that, AI can create better music. Wow. Well, you heard it first here, kids. Get off TikTok. Get off Netflix. Exactly. Do your math. <laughs> the book is Career Fear. The author is Somi Arion. Thanks so much for joining us, Somi. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I'm just me. a poor boy. Nobody loves me. So me, if somebody wants to learn more about you, where would you send them? You know what? These days, you just Google the person, uh, you know, so me, Ariane, and, and all of my social media <laughs> links come up. So, so S-O-M-I-A-R-I-A-N. Google me. Love it. She knows search engine optimization. I love it. <laughs> Chad, another podcast in the books. We, we out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.